following shows. Right? Raise your hand if you like that too. There you go. Get some other fans here. When my wife has it on, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I'm engaged in, I get sucked in and I sit down and I watch these shows. Now, there are entire networks devoted to home remodeling. It doesn't matter what network you're on, it doesn't matter what type of show it is, the premise is the same. All right, you start off with a homeowner, and their house is in shambles, there's something needs to be repaired, something needs to be reconstructed. And then the t- television show brings in some professionals, and these professionals sort of talk with the homeowners, figure out what's wrong, and they decide to build and remodel this house based on the homeowner's desires and needs. Well, the format always goes the same, that they bring the homeowners during, in during the process, and something always comes astray. A problem arises, right? An unexpected problem occurs, and the house is in shambles. And, and you see the homeowners there, and, and they're looking at everything going on. They're looking at the wreck, and they're just horrified. They're horrified of, of the work that is being done, and you see they begin to lose faith. They begin to lose hope in the process. And I love that there's always this scene where, where the camera crew follows uh, the homeowners, and they're always talking outside the driveway, and they're worried. And they say, you know what, I don't think they're going to get it done. I, I don't think this professional can get the job done. But we all know how this show ends, right? We all know that in the end, the project gets completed. That in the end, the home is a beautiful masterpiece to the homeowner's liking. Everything turned out great. See, what looked like a bad situation turned out to be a great situation. Let's be honest, right? Sometimes it's hard to go through the process. See, we often don't like the process because we have the end result in mind. See, when we only look at things on a surface level, when we only think, see things from a surface level, we fail to see what's really going on under the surface. See, when we do not understand what God is doing in our life, right, we only see things at a surface level. But the reality is that God is doing a work in your life whether you realize it or not. See, if we fail to lose sight, if we lose sight of the idea that God's working in our life, what begins to happen is that we lose faith. What begins to happen is we lose hope. And through that, we don't see God working in our life. See, for many of us, it's hard to understand, hard to comprehend the work God's doing in our life. Pastor and author John Piper, a few years ago, uh, wrote this sentence on his Twitter page. This is what it says. God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. Isn't that true? Isn't that true that God could be doing so much in your life, so much for your good, but we may only see a few things and think that God's not really doing something in our lives. See, part of our faith is just that, right? It's a belief in the unseen. Faith believes that God can and will do a good work in our lives. Because of the Bible, because of God's word, because of God's past track record in our life, 
what we see is that God will and can do a work in our lives if we continue to hold on to the hope in him. See, part of our spiritual walk is possessing the faith and the belief that God can do a good work. But the truth is, good work takes time. But you know our human nature? We want to figure things out, don't we? That our human nature is, we want to know the why and the what and the when and the how. We want to know all of that. We want to have things figured out. We don't want to wait for the process. We want to just see the end result, and we want it in our timetable, our schedule. And our human nature takes over, and we fail to come under the authority of God in our life and let God be God in our life. Instead, we try to take control. When we trust God in the unseen work, we allow God to have authority in our lives. Today, you're sitting here because God's work in your life. Whether you identify yourself with the, as a Christian or not, whether you're, whether you're just exploring faith or you're living a Christ-centered life, no matter where you are on the spectrum of spiritual growth and the spiritual journey, know this, that God is at work in your life. Today, what I want us to leave with t- tonight is simply this that God's not finished with you yet. That doesn't matter if you're exploring Christianity or you've been a Christian your entire life. This message applies to you because God's working in your life and God's not finished with you yet. So to get a better understanding of this concept of God working in our life, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1. And in this book of Philippians chapter 1, we see this letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in the country of Philippi. These group of Christians were very unique and very special to Paul. When Paul came to this region, it was very heavily pagan under the influence of the Roman Empire. So they were no Christians in the city. In fact, there wasn't even a Jewish synagogue in the city. So the idea of God, the idea of Jesus Christ in their life was going to be an uphill battle for Paul. But through his work in Philippi, when he left, he left a very diverse group of believers. And these group of believers in Philippi actually ended up being very generous and very supportive of his ministry. But because the group of believers in Philippi were sort of a wide spectrum of society, and because they were new to the faith, Paul wrote this letter to make sure that their faith was progressing and that they understood the work God was doing in their life. So in chapter 1 of Philippians, we see a clear picture of what it means to live a life where we see God at work in our lives. So how does God work in our life? The first way is this, that God work in our salvation. God's work in our salvation. Let's read in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. This is what it says. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, we see Paul here confident in the church in Philippi on the progress he had witnessed from them. He says, from the first day until now. Paul saw their faith in the beginning 
saw where they were at, where they had no concept of Jesus, no concept of faith. And he saw evidences of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity in their life. Do you know that God works in our salvation? And when I'm talking about salvation, what I'm referring to is the moment you crossed the line, the moment you dedicated your life and accepted Jesus Christ to be the focus of your life. For those of you who are Christian here today, you know that God worked in your salvation process. I have the opportunity to talk to many people here at Grace and about their faith, about their faith journey. And what I find is that they can always point back to many circumstances, many moments, many instances where God was at work in their salvation process. It could be a key person that was put in their life. It could be a key moment, a crisis. It could be just a simple feeling of God's presence, a revelation of God that brings someone to God, to salvation. You see, if you look look back at all of our journeys and all of our stories, God was at work in our salvation process. But today, if you're here, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you haven't devoted your life to Jesus Christ. What I want to tell you today is, you know, God's at work in your life. Maybe somebody invited you here tonight. You know what? God's at work in that. Maybe, maybe you came here tonight because you felt this longing and this urge for something more. You're exploring Christianity. And the truth is, God is at work in that as well. That longing you have, that urge for more, that is God working in you so you can be brought in to a saving faith. You may be searching your faith journey. You may be dealing with doubt over Jesus, doubt over Christianity. What I want to say to you today is that God's not finished with you yet. And maybe tonight is just another step in that journey, or maybe tonight is that actual step where you commit your life to Christ. But God works in other ways too. Comes to our second point is this. God's work in our spiritual growth. God's work in our spiritual growth. God also works in how we grow. God works in how we mature. Let me take you to Philippians 1.6. This is what it says. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The Bible gives us confidence that God will complete the good work that he has begun in us. It is a work that God alone accomplishes. This good work mentioned here in verse 6 shows us that spiritual growth and spiritual transformation is progressive. That growth and transformation is progressive. But you know what? In in our society that, that thrives on things being instant, that doesn't sit well with some of us. When we live in a society that thrives on things being instant, things being immediate, going through the process of something can often be hard. 
right? We, we, we want this characteristic. We want this skill set. We want this wisdom. We want this gift, and we want it now. But we fail to go through the process of God working through us, working through our spiritual growth. See, from the moment you made a decision, the moment you made it a commitment to follow Jesus Christ, he began a process of spiritual maturity in your life. But you know what's also great about our relationship with God? Is that the more we pursue him, the more we pursue Christ, the more we are transformed on the inside. And the more I pursue Christ wholeheartedly with all my heart, mind, and soul, the more that he transforms me on the inside. Our faith can go as deep or as shallow as you want. You see, if we only want a surface-level faith, if we don't put any effort into our relationship with God, that's what we'll get. We'll get a very surface-level, shallow faith. But on the bright side, if we pursue God, if we go after God, if, if we desire growth, we can experience a rich and deep faith. You can go as deep or as shallow as you want with God. The choice is up to us. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, partly as a prayer for their spiritual growth. That, that he was not only giving them instructions on how to live, not, not only was he giving them a sort of a blueprint on how to see God at work in their life, but he was writing this as a prayer, praying for their growth, praying for their transformation, praying them to go closer to Christ. Think about that. Paul praying for their growth. Paul praying for them to grow closer to Christ, to grow, to mature. You ever think about how many times do we pray for our spiritual growth? How many times are we actively going before God, pursuing God, and desiring from God growth? How often are we desiring from God in prayer maturity? See, we can be satisfied with where we are or God has so much more for us that we can go deeper if we pursue him. Our spiritual maturity happens only when we are intentional with our growth. See, God's work in our spiritual growth must come from our desire to grow our faith. Zig Ziglar passed away a couple years ago. He was a Christian motivational speaker and he had this famous quote and he said this, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. See, if you're aiming for no spiritual maturity, guess what? You're not going to be spiritually mature. But, but if you have purpose and intentionality with your faith, God will work in that to bring you to maturity. That if we have a mindset to be intentional with our growth and our faith, God will work in that to bring us to maturity. So what are some good steps to spiritual growth? What are some really easy steps for spiritual growth? Let me give you two that you can do here at Grace Fellowship Latham. The, the first step would be to sign up for one of our MOVE classes. 
You may have seen a little announcement in your bulletin. Right? Mood classes are, are classes that we hold on Wednesday night. They're Christ-centered, biblically focused, and they're all taught by experienced uh, teachers. And our first session starts on January 7th. They run for 10 weeks, and it's a good first step into learning about the Bible, into really growing your faith, making a step and a commitment to say, hey, I want to do more in my faith. I want to go deeper with Christ. So the first thing you do is sign up for one of our MOVE classes that started January 7th. Second thing you can do is join one of our small groups. See, we believe here at Grace Fellowship that we were created to do life together. We were created to interact with each other. That in all honesty, right, it's a big church and you can get lost in the shuffle. But small groups helps us connect with one another, helps us walk with each other in our spiritual journey. And it's, it's, it's one of our core values here is to be in a Paul-Smart group and it's a vital part of what we do here at Grace Fellowship. The big commitment to, to join a group of, of people you may not know, but as someone who's been in small groups it's extremely rewarding to my faith. So there's two things you can do. You can join a move class, join a small group. If you want more information on that, you can go to the lobby in the Welcome Center after the service, and they can help you with that. Or you can go online with all the patients on our website. So not only does God work in our spiritual growth, right? But there's a third aspect, and it's this. God also works in our significance. It's God's work in our significance. Let me take you back to Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. The good work that Paul is talking about was not only a good work about spiritual maturity, was not only a good work about spiritual growth, but that good work connects the significant role we play in God's mission the Christians in Philippi who Paul wrote this letter to, they were very new to the Christian faith. They were very raw to the faith. But you know what? That didn't stop them from participating in God's work. That didn't stop them from growing the church in Philippi. That didn't stop them from supporting Paul in his missionary journeys. That even though they were a group of really young Christians from diverse backgrounds— they were extremely significant in the advancement of the gospel. They played a key role in the advancement of Christianity at that time. You know that you were created with a purpose and a plan. Do you realize that God puts you on this earth for a purpose, for a reason? Let me read you a passage from Ephesians 2.10. This is what it says. For we are God's handiwork, created in Jesus Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I believe this verse speaks so strongly to our lives being key and important and significant. That we are called to live out lives that God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork. Think about that phrase, that word, handiwork. It, 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 it conveys being intentional. 
It, con- it conveys a purpose. It-, it conveys that you are not an accident, that you are living and you, your life is not an accident, that God created you with purpose. God molded you. God created you to be uniquely you. But not only does it say that we're God's handiwork, but that we were created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. See, not only did God mold me, and and not only was I his handiwork, not only was I his design, I was created to do good works. That we were created to be on this earth, not to take up space, but to be on this earth with a purpose and to do good works. But the last part of Ephesians 2.10 ties everything together. And it says this, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So our lives were created with intentional meaning to do good works that what? That God prepared in advance for us to do. God made you with a purpose. God made you on this earth to do good works. Works that he already laid out for you to walk into. That all we have to do is to walk in obedience in him, walk and follow him. And you know what? He's already laid that out for us. That to me, that's mind-blowing. That I was put here on this earth to serve a purpose, that I wasn't an accident. You're not an accident. You're here for a purpose. You're here on this earth to impact change and to bring good news and hope to others. So what that means is that every one of us has a vital role in the kingdom of God. Maybe some of you feel that you're not gifted enough. Maybe some of you feel that you don't have the skill set. Maybe you feel you're not talented enough. Or maybe you tried serving. Maybe you tried going into ministry and doing things, and you got burned out. You got hurt. You got scarred. But what I want to tell you is, God's not finished with you yet. That God still has a good work to do in your life. That, that whether, whether you've been burned out by ministry or, or serving, or whether you haven't even gone that far yet, God's not finished with you yet in that aspect. Because you play a significant role in the kingdom of God. It's already been laid out for us. All we need to do is trust his timing, trust his plan, right? And just walk in the fullness of his promise. Philippians 2.13 tells us this. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God works in us to will and to act so we can fulfill his good purpose. God wants to work through you. God wants to use you. Some of us may be living below our God-given potential because we fail to see the impact, the significant role we play on this earth. Continue to hold on to the belief. Continue to hold on to the belief that God Put you on this earth to play a key role in his mission in ways you can never imagine. God works in our significance. From this passage, this is a fourth way that God works in our life. And the fourth way is this, that God works in our struggles. God 
works in our struggles. Let's go back to Philippians 1, starting with verse 7. Here's what it says. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. When the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, he was going through some struggles. He was going through some sufferings. He was in prison, awaiting trial, like resulting in his condemnation, his execution. He was treated as a criminal, even though he wasn't really a criminal. His Christian brothers in the, in the city that he was imprisoned, they weren't, instead of supporting him, instead of helping him, what they ended up doing, right, was causing him troubles to advance their own cause. So he wrote this. You can bet he was in some struggles, some suffering. But despite all this, despite all those circumstances going against him, Paul was filled with joy and expected the Philippian church to be joyful also. And the reason for this joy is not that Paul believes struggle to be good or that people should force themselves to enjoy struggle. When Paul wrote this letter, right, he knows that God, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, is accomplishing his good purpose of reconciling the world to himself. That in the midst of all of this, all his struggles, God was at still work in his life. Let's be honest, though. It can be really hard. It can be really hard to go through struggles, right? It can be really hard to see God at work in our life in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our sufferings, in the midst of our pain. At age 13, Bethlehem Hamilton was living in Hawaii. He was a rising surfing star. Would go to the beaches every day and, and surf the best waves she could find. But one day, her peaceful beach life sort of came to a dramatic pause. At age 13, when she was surfing in Hawaii, like she normally does, her arm was bitten off by a shark. Only through the immediate help of her friends, some dramatic work by the doctors, and her faith in Christ in the critical moments that she survived, that kept her going strong. The fact that she survived this shark taking her arm off was a miracle by itself. See, a dramatic event like this, I could easily shatter someone's life, but not Bethany. She looked to her relationship with Jesus, who renewed her spirit, and also restored her surfing ability to greater heights. See, even though she only had one arm, she started competing and surfing again. She became a professional and started doing really well in professional events. And that led her to some more fame. It allowed her to write a book about her faith. That she became a movie called Soul Surfing. Soul Surfer. Some of you may have seen that. See, instead of focusing on the problem in her life, Bethany focused on the opportunity God gave her. In the midst of her tragic event, she relied on God because she realized that God was not finished with her yet. That there was a greater work that he was doing in her life in spite of her struggles. What could have been a life-ending moment turned out to be a platform for her 
platform to share the gospel to all sorts of media to all over the world. What some people saw as a tragedy, Bethany saw as an opportunity. I love it what James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 2 says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we face trials, struggle, suffering, the truth is it will definitely test our faith. But through the testing and through the struggles, our faith produces perseverance to make us mature. See, when you go through the struggles, how you respond is a direct reflection of your walk with God. How you respond is a direct reflection of your relationship with Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling with a relationship issue that's really weighing down on your life. Maybe you're struggling with work or your career, and that is hindering your spiritual walk. Maybe you're struggling with a bad habit, a sin pattern that you can't get over. If you can identify with any of this, what I want to say to you is this, that I want you to hold on to hope. Hold on to hope that God's not finished with you yet. That in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your sufferings, God's still there. In the midst of everything we're going through, through the bad times and the good times, God is still working even though we cannot see it. Hold on to the hope that God's not finished with you yet. Faith is pursuing God in times when we feel like we're struggling the most. But when we come to an understanding and we come to a belief that God is working in our lives, what comes about is an evidence of abounding love into our life. And that's our fifth point tonight, that God's work in the strength of our love. Let's go back to Philippians 1, starting with verse 9. And this is what it says. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So they may be able to discern what is best, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. The evidence of love is a reflection of a relationship with God. Because if we actively put our hope in him, actively pursue with all our heart, right, the fruit of that venture is love. The love described here that Paul is talking about is the love we have for one another, the love we have for this world. In Matthew 22, Jesus tells us that the foundation of Christian life is simply love. That the foundation of who we are as believers is love, that we are to love God and to love others. Paul's prayer is that our love increases in knowledge and insight. That our, his prayer is that our love increases in knowledge by us understanding how to obey God's word so we may love one another. His prayer is that our love increases in insight so we have the ability to know the right action in a given situation. See, when we allow God to work in our lives, 
the fruit of it is the strength of our love. The love here isn't a love that can be sustained by our human sort of uh, desires or our, our human will. It is a love purely by God. Because the more and more I'm going to God, the more and more I'm pursuing Christ, the more he strengthened my love and gives me a supernatural love that cannot be replaced by my human love. When we see the evidence of God's love flow through us, it is a result of God's work in us and our obedience in him. So, in this room, a room this size, we can come from many sort of aspects of life, many points in our journey. We come from many different points of our faith journey. But the truth remains the same, no matter who you are in this room, no matter where you're from, no matter how young or how old, the truth is God's still at work in your life. If you're on the path to salvation, if you're getting to the point where you are exploring faith and, and you are exploring what it means to be a Christian and who this Jesus is, God's working in your salvation. God's not finished with you yet. If, if, you're, if you're asking God to grow you spiritually, to mature you, to give you the character qualities that, that you desired, that you see in the Bible, that you want those in your life, God's not finished with you yet. God's working in your spiritual growth. Maybe some of you are here today and you just want to know how you can make an impact. You want to do more. Maybe you haven't lived up to the potential you feel God is giving you. Stay obedient. Stay faithful. And know that God works in your significance because God's not finished with you yet. Some of us may be struggling, going through some really hard times. And we can see, and we can feel that, you know what? I don't know if God's working in my life. You know what? He is. God's working in the midst of your struggles. God's working in the midst of your sufferings. And God's not finished with you yet. Some of us may not understand what it means to love our neighbor, to really show godly love to others. But if we pursue him, if we seek him, what we find is that God's not finished with you yet. Regardless of where you are tonight, regardless of what stage of faith you are in, know this, that God has been working in your life, God is working in your life, and God will continue to work in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we want to come to you tonight and just thank you for your message to us tonight. Thank you for your word, how it inspires us, how it directs us. So Lord, I want to pray for those of us here who really need to hear from you regarding this message. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak into our lives, speak into our minds, speak into our hearts, speak into our souls. Holy Spirit, I pray that you really teach us 
Show us where we need to grow. Show us what the next steps are. Lord, help us to trust you and have the faith to hold on to hope that you're still working in our life. Proud this in Jesus' name. Amen. If the ushers would come forward to receive our offering.